we're going to take a look at what the Bible teaches us about the new life that He gives us. And so we're going we're gonna to do a five-week series called A New Life. Okay, and so if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the Gospel of John? And tonight, tonight's uh, session we're going to call Reborn. Okay, and uh, would, you, would you read with me before we get to uh, the Gospel of John here, I want you to read with me this scripture out of Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. And this will be the theme verse for this, uh, this whole series, A New Life. And I want you to read out loud with me. And here's what the Word of God says. And he who sits on the throne said... Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. This is a declaration of God. It is the culmination of everything that we have ever experienced, all of mankind have ever experienced. There comes at, at the very last of the, uh, the revelation of the Word of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ. God makes this incredible statement. Behold, I am making all things new. Now notice there, he doesn't say, I'm making all new things. He's saying, I'm making all things new. And there's something about the truth and the power of God that he takes us as we are and who we are. And he doesn't just throw you away and say, you know what, you're messed up. I'm getting rid of you. I'm going to get, make something new. No, he says, I'm going to take you who you are, and all that you've been through, and all that you've experienced, and I'm going to make you new. I'm going to renew. God's going to make all things new. And as we, as we just come tonight, I just want you to begin to open your mind and heart. As I begin this new year, as I begin this new decade, as I just, I just invite you, Lord, to make me new. Do something new in me, because God wants to give you a new life, okay? But he wants to start with the, with the materials of who you are, right where you are tonight, and he wants to make us new. Are you open to God making you new tonight? A fresh newness, okay? Yeah, and so, so we're going to start with your very first fill-in. It says, our new life that God wants to give us, our new life begins with being born again. Our new life begins with being born again. That's your feeling, born again. And I'm going to start here in, in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 3. And uh, it says here, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do the signs, these signs that you do, unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus said to him, Now how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time to his mother's womb and be born, can he? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to, you, say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of Spirit is Spirit. 
be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So everyone, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So when we say that our new life, be, our new life begins with being born again, we're obviously not talking about reincarnation. We're not talking about somehow, you know, you, uh, you know, you, you becoming a, you know, a biological baby again. It's a birth of the Spirit. It's a rebirth of the Spirit. It is something that God does from heaven. There is the carnal, the natural, the all life that we all born into. But then God said, Jesus said this. He says, a man or a woman, every one of us, if we're going to see the kingdom of God, if we're going to see it, if we're going to enter into it, we're going to have to go through this experience of being born anew, born again, born afresh. Now, I'm sure all of you have heard of that. You, you know, uh, been around here at any time. We talk about this a lot. We talk about people coming into salvation and receiving Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. But I wanted to start here because it really is the beginning for us to begin to get our minds around the fact that God, who wants to make all things new, He starts with giving us a fresh start, a rebirth, a, a new beginning. Look what our, the scriptures say here. John 3, 3, we just read this. Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again... He cannot see the kingdom of God. And 1 Peter 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So now this takes us to, to another connection. Jesus said that we needed to be born of spirit, and, and here in 1 Peter says that our, our, our cause, the cause of our being born again, was coming through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So obviously, when Jesus gave his life and shed his blood and died on the cross, he actually brought to the end, to the end of the life of sinful man. And when he was raised from the dead, he began a whole new kind of life. Not only for himself, but for every single one of us to put our faith in Him. That, we, that the life that we receive of the Spirit is not just a, a change of attitude or a, or a change of doing things, but a whole new life, a spirit life, a resurrection life that comes from Jesus Christ. God has caused us to be born again, not just, just say, oh, Lord, please give me a fresh start, but no, He causes us to have a whole new life, a life that is a life that has been... Uh, over, over, has overcome death and has entered into resurrection life. Look what it says here in 1 Peter 1, 23. For you have been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living, enduring word of God. So now we see almost a trinity here. We see that Jesus says we must be born of spirit, Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we've been born again by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it also says we've been born again by the eternal Word of God, the everlasting Word of the Father that will never fail. And it says that we're born again of a seed that doesn't perish or doesn't fail or doesn't die, but a seed that remains forever, the Word of God. Okay? Now, this is not a biology class, but all of you were born of a seed, of a human 
male seed that joined with a human male egg and you became the byproduct of generations of DNA that went before you to go into the formation of the body that you live in. And along came with the body that you got, you got a whole bunch of other stuff too. You've got personalities and you've got uh, certain likes and you've got characteristics of your ancestors. And we all carry, whether we like it or not, we carry the imprint of the encode of, of our biological heritage. And we were born biologically of a seed. But that seed had a flaw in it, a defect, which leads to every single one of us, eventually these bodies poop out and die. And they get older and they get less and less functional. Are you experiencing any of this? No. No. <laughs> Ask it. You just wait. Your day will come. Because our bodies are born of a perishing seed, of a seed that will, that, will, that will eventually give out. But the new birth, the birth of, in Jesus, the birth of the Spirit, the birth of resurrection, the birth of the Word, will never die. The new birth that God gives us, the new us that He creates us to be, will never die. And even though someday you will trade in these bodies, the you that Jesus causes to come alive, the new you, the reborn you, will never die. He gives us an everlasting eternal life. And, and you have a new DNA. You have a new heritage. You have a new coding of the way that you think, the way that you live, the way that, that is the, the purposes and the morales of your life. In, in our old life, in the life that we received biologically, it has, a, it has a proclivity to sin. It has a proclivity to rebellion. It has a, do you know what proclivity means? A natural tend. It, it, um, uh, I'm sorry, I just I like that word proclivity. You just learned a new word tonight. Proclivity. You have, you have a, um, if, a natural tendency. Do you ever notice that about yourselves? You like to sin. I mean, you know, you can tell me you're Christians all night long, but you like sinning. Because it's part of the DNA of the seed of the natural man. It is, it's bent. It's bent towards darkness. It's bent towards rebellion. It's bent towards uh, actually moving away from what is right and true in God. It's because we're born of a seed that, is, that was destined for death. It's a perishable seed. But the new life, the reborn life, is built of a completely different seed. It's a seed which is living and enduring word of God. So let's do a little bit of a biological lesson here. Seed. In, in natural botany, where are seeds found? Where do you find seeds? Oh, you guys are good. Who said it? You get the gold star tonight. Say it together. <laughs> seeds are found in fruit. The purpose of fruit is to be the carrier and the bearer of seed. Now, most of you eat the fruit and spit out the seeds. <laughs> but the purpose of fruit is to create the, the vessel of life, of reproductive life. And fruit carries within it the seed that creates life that goes on and on and on. One seed turns into a whole tree that turns into thousands of apples. One fruit, many seeds, one seed becomes a, a, it can become a whole orchard eventually. What God is saying is he's put life in you resurrection life in you, spirit life in you, that's born of the word of God, 
that will bear fruit. Fruit of his word. Fruit of his life. And the Bible teaches us what this code, what this DNA, this seed of our new life is. It teaches us in the Bible and it's found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Can, uh, do you, have any of you heard of the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Because the fruit of the Holy Spirit carries the seed of the Word of God and there is a byproduct of this, of this new life. Instead of us having this tendency to lust and envy and greed and hatred and rebellion and darkness, the fruit of the Spirit, the seed of the Spirit in us, causes new things to come within us. And once you, once you fill them in, with, uh, within, uh, in, the, in your filling there, the seed of the living Word of God. What are they? Love. Joy, peace, good, patience, kindness, goodness. I know some of you can't write that fast, so I'll go a little bit slower. Faithfulness, gentleness, and the one that all of us like to just leave off the list but it's just as much as part of the seed of God in our lives. Self-control. Self-control. A lot of us believe there's five fruit of the Spirit. I mean, there's only eight fruit of the Spirit because we don't want to believe in self-control, but self-control is part of the fruit. Can, can we say those words together? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And those are found in Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. That is the seed the seed of your new life, the seed of your born-again life. That is from the enduring Word of God. And that's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit, because the Spirit carries the Spirit carries these seeds within Him. And we're born of the Spirit. That's the seed that's planted in us. The new you, that's what's trying to come out of you. The new you, that's what God's trying to bring about in you. The new you, this is what God wants to be the byproduct of His life within us, is that what shows up in me is not jealousy, but love. Not anxiety, but joy. Not frustration, but patience. Does that make sense? Now, somewhere we need to yield to what God is doing in us and to receive what God is doing in us. But, but it helps a lot to know what to be looking for, right? It helps for me to say, and even to pray it. Lord, in my life, when there's things that are shown up in me and they're not one of these things, let the new life come through. Let the resurrection life come. Let, let the seed that you're trying to plant and bring about, to bring a, a crop of righteousness within me, let these seed of the fruit of the Spirit come into my life. Does that sound good to you? Okay, let's move on to the next point. When you were born the first time, any of you remember being born? <laughs> Any of you would, would admit that you were born? You saw maybe big, big pictures, parents told you you were born. You got an idea that you were born? In that first phase of your life, what, what do we call these, uh, these creatures that come out when, after they're born? What do we call them? Infants. Infants, and then uh, they start toddling around. What do we call them? Babies, and then we call them what? Toddlers, and then what do we call them? Just generally, what are those called? Children, right? Rugrats. I call them tweedlets. I don't know why. That's just a word that came in. 
It's not a biblical term. In the Greek, it's called tweedlets. Well, just as when we are physically born, we were children. In the same way in the spirit, when we're reborn, there becomes an initial phase of this new birth. But it's not just an initial phase. It actually is an understanding. It's, it's actually a mindset. And it's called children. Okay? And so that's your next feeling. In our new life, we must become like children. Can you say that together with me? Children. children. Yeah. Now, I know some of you are feeling pretty old. You know, aren't I glad I'm not a child anymore? Well, guess what? In the new life in Jesus, He wants you to become like children. I can prove it to you. Look what the scriptures say. Matthew 18, 3 and 4. This is the Lord Jesus. He says, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? Well, if that's a requirement for me entering into the kingdom of heaven, I want to get converted. I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. I, want, I don't want to be old and dying. If the Father wants to make all things new, and part of me becoming new is to become like a child and actually be converted, then convert me, Lord. I want to become like a child because I want to enter the kingdom of heaven. Look what he says here. He says, Whoever, whosoever then, humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In Mark chapter, four, uh, chapter 10, verse 14, and in Luke chapter 18, verse 16, is the exact same scripture here. It says, when Jesus saw this, what was happening was people were bringing children to Jesus, and those who were his disciples were saying, no, 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 don't bother the master with those little rugrats. <laughs> and it made Jesus angry, indignant. He says, whoa, 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 you guys don't get it. This is what Jesus says. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. Here's the kicker. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And first, and second, um, first Peter says uh, 2, 1 and 3 says, Therefore, putting aside all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Doesn't it sound like that old guy that we were talking about before? That old seed? He says, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Jesus says, if, if, if you're going to see the kingdom, if you're going to enter the kingdom, you've got to be born again. And you've got to be converted and become like children. You've you got to allow God to say to you, you don't know everything yet. You think you've got it all figured out. You think you've hardened your heart and you're going to survive and you're going to fight through this world. He's saying, no, 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 no. Humble yourself and become like a newborn baby, hungry, desperate, dependent on the Word of God. Desperate for His Spirit. Don't think you're all that. Be like a child. Be like someone who is actually willing to be dependent and willing to learn and willing to grow, and really to become something that you've never become before, something you've never done before. Let God give you a new start. Is that good?
but he doesn't only want us to be like the children we were before. He says, not like the old life, but we're, we're a special kind of children. It's not like he wants you to start all over and then have to go through puberty again and then experience all that you know, stuff just for the, just for the uh, you know, sheer torture of it. No, he, he's made us a whole new kind of child. He's made us children of God. Instead of being born of man and of that perishable seed, now we're born of God, born from above, born from his spirit, born from the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, born from the eternal word of God. We are children of God. Look what the Bible says here, John 1, 12. For as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Acts 17, 24 says, For in him we live and we move and we exist and even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. Romans 8, 16 and 17 says this, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And of children, heirs also. Heirs of God. And fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. I just want to stop there for a second. Heirs, that's not a word that we use around here a lot. But do you know what an heir is? What's an heir? That's right. The person who's going to inherit the riches and the wealth and the, and the, and the ownings of the Father. You're the heirs of God. Everything that God is, everything that God has ever planned, everything that God has ever designed, everything that God is doing, and he's making it all new, and he's going to give it all to you. And it's your right. It's your inheritance because you're his children. You may have gotten a bum deal as a, you know, as whoever your, your biological parents were, and you probably don't have, you know, may have a lot of inheritance. You may have no inheritance. But whatever your financial uh, status is on this planet, it is, means nothing compared to the inheritance that we have from being children of God, heirs with Christ. What Jesus paid for us on the cross, what Jesus has secured for us in heaven, it is all to those of us who believe and receive, who are willing to lay down our lives and put on the new life, the born-again life, and become children of God. Look what it says in Ephesians 5, verse 1 and then verse 8. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Have you ever seen a child imitate their parents? You bet, it's one of the most adorable things in the world. And God loves it when you try to pattern your life after Jesus. When you, when you actually put His ways as to be the very model of your ways. The Bible encourages us to be as beloved children, imitators of God. For we were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And Philippians uh, 2, 15 says something very similar to this. So that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent. Children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. See, when he causes us to be born again, he doesn't take you out of the world. In fact, Jesus even prayed this. He says, in his last prayer before he went to the cross, he prayed to the Father, I don't pray that you take them out. I don't pray that you take them out of the world. 
but that in the world, that you might be in them, and I will be in them. And Jesus actually causes us to have a whole new life and leaves us in the same circumstances, leaves us in the same situation, leaves us in the same environment. He, he wants us to become new in the midst of a broken planet, a broken system, a crooked and perverse, dark generation, because the newness that he puts in you, he, he puts a bulb of light in you, a radiant beam of everlasting gospel, of everlasting peace, of everlasting life, and you become this light in the midst of the dark world. The born again, he's, he's put life in you. He's put light in you. He's put his life in you. And it's powerful. It's everlasting. It's of his spirit. It's of resurrection. And it's of his eternal word. It's a new life. A new life. And we're born again into it when we receive Jesus. I have something here because we, we're, we're children of God. And we're to be imitators of God. And I want you to, to just, this was just kind of part of, uh, in my preparation and planning for, uh, and praying about what to, what to share with you. The Lord just kind of dropped this in my heart. It's something that has been rolling around my heart and my spirit for a long time. But there's two attributes of your Heavenly Father that, that are always true about Him. And they're, and they're attributes that as we receive this new life, I want you to start thinking, start thinking this way. It, to start imitating God in this way, Okay. For God, our Father God, is always N-O-W. Now. For God, it's always now. Do you realize He doesn't live in the confines of time? And He can always be new because it's for Him, it's always now. It's not like God gets old. It's not like God gets impatient. It's not like God goes, oh man, I wish this would get, you know, get over with. For God is eternal. He lives always in the, in the now. He lives always in the now. And sometimes you feel old because you've measured time. You think you're old because you can say how old you are. But you know God's not old. I mean, He's ancient. He always has been and he always will be, but he's always in the now. And because he's always N-O-W, he's also always N-E-W. New. That's the other one. Always now and always new. And God wants you to be always in the right now. He said, Jesus said this way, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries about its own. Worry about right now. Worry about today. And God says, I make all things new. You don't have to wait to earn this newness. You don't have to say, well, okay, someday, Lord, I'll cash in this. No. Right now, be new. And five minutes from now, be now and be new. And when you start embracing the eternal nowness of the presence of God, and the power of God, and the provision of God. God's always doing something, always. And God is always making all things new, because that's who he, who he is. Happy New Year. Let's turn over to the back, back, and we'll bring this in for a closing. It's part of the new, new life. It's a new birth. It's, it's what allows you to be older children. 
<laughs> because he's making you new. He's making you new. Okay. We've been given a new heart and a new spirit. A new heart and new spirit. And this was promised all the way back to the prophet Ezekiel. And he said it in three different ways and three different times. He said it this way. Ezekiel 11, 19, 20 said this. I will give them one heart. Let's just stop there for a second. One heart. That means your heart and your heart and your heart and God's heart and my heart. Heart. It's all one heart. He's got one heart, one plan, one objective. He's caused us to be one. We're one family, one father, one spirit, one God. I'll give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. I'll take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them hearts of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them. Then they will be my people. And I shall be their God. It was in the heart of the Father that he would take and put a whole new heart in us. Put a whole new spirit in us. That we would, we would not have to work and strive about the condemnation of, of falling short to his law. But that his law, his ways, his ordinances, the way that he thinks, the way that he acts, his spirit, his seed would be so in us through a new heart that he puts in us that we don't have to work to obey him. It's part of who we are. It's the natural response to this new life is, as you are, as, as, as you're moving God, whatever it is that you're doing, you're doing it in me. Whatever you're doing in this earth, you're doing it in me. Whatever you're doing in the heavens, you're doing it in me because we have one heart. We have one spirit. It's the spirit of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Ezekiel 18.31 says, Cast away from you all your transgressions which you have committed and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Ezekiel 36.26 says this, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you. I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit is new within me. Give me a new heart. You've made me a new person. Let's, let's go on. We need to receive, we need to receive that and behave like we are new. We need to receive that and behave like we're new. I can tell you all, all night, guess what? When you accept Jesus, you're a new creation. You're a new person. Born again. New life in Him. If you want to act like that old man and think like that old man and say, well, not me. <laughs> I'm the Grinch. I'm going to be grumpy. I'm hold on to this old man. Or you can believe it. And you can receive it. And you can start thinking like it. And start acting like it. And all of a sudden, you're going to find that that which God has declared to be true about you when you start cooperating with it, you're going to start experiencing the new life that Jesus has for you. Look what it says here, Luke 9, 48. And he said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. Receive Jesus, receive the Father. Receive Jesus, you receive the Spirit of God. 
For the one who is least, uh, who's least among all of you, this is the one who is great. Titus 3.5 says this, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. There is, there is this washing of the Spirit of God. There's, there's a renewing. There's a, a process where He kind of washes out the old way of thinking, washes out the old style of, of uh, living. He washes out the things that were once our priority and He regenerates us. He renews us. He makes us a brand new person. Okay? Luke 5, 36 and 38. Jesus was telling them a parable. He says, No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Imagine if you had, a, you had a, this old jacket and it was a beautiful jacket and it got a rip in it. It says, oh, I'm going to take this brand new jacket I just bought and I'll tear up the new jacket and put the patch on the old jacket. He says, nobody does that. Why not? Because you will both tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. Okay? And he said this, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled out and the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. If you're going to receive the new life, you're going to have to accept the fact that he's made you new. And you can't take your old life and say, oh, great. Well, I'm just going to add Jesus on and he'll just kind of make my old life better. He's just going to kind of patch me up. He's just going to kind of, uh, you know, give me kind of a fresh new zeal. <laughs> no. He said, I didn't come to put a patch on the old you. And I didn't kind of just kind of spice up the old rickety raggedy old you. I want to make you a fresh vessel, a brand new container, and I'm going to put a fresh new life in you. Because the new life I'm going to put in you it won't survive in that old mindset. It won't survive in that old lifestyle. It won't survive in that old you. There's got to be a new you to receive the new life that God wants to put in you. So we got to receive it. we got to receive the new us and begin to behave like it. Does that make sense to you? 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump. Jesus wants you to be a new lump. <laughs> Just as in fact... You are, in fact, unleavened for Christ. Our Passover has been sacrificed. This talks about the celebration of the nation of Israel that they celebrated for thousands of years, that that night that they were set free from Egypt, God told them in the part of the preparation, they're to bring a, a lamb into their home for four days and inspect the lamb. And they're to take the lamb and roast the lamb. They're supposed to take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost of their home. And when the angel of death came and saw the blood on the doorpost of their home from the lamb that had been inspected and roasted in that, in that household, the angel of death passed over and that family was set free and death did not come to that household. But also part of that whole celebration was they were to take and take every bit of yeast out of the house. Anything that had caused the bread to rise, you know what causes bread to rise is yeast. If it, it was anywhere in the house, they were supposed to get rid of it. And they were supposed to only eat unleavened bread. And that bread 
was the celebration of, that, of what's called the Passover because the angel of death passed over the household. The celebration, they were to eat this unleavened bread because it was supposed to remind them they, didn't, they were going to move so fast. When God moved into their lives and set them free, they were supposed to pick up and move so fast. They didn't have time to wait around for the yeast to leaven the old bread. They were going to eat flat uh, bread that was unleavened bread. And every year, at the same time of year, they were to celebrate this set free from their bondage, set free from their slavery, and eat unleavened bread. And it was called the Passover. And the Bible teaches that Jesus was that lamb. And it was his blood that was put on the, pass, on our, on the doorpost of our homes. And the angel of death has passed us over. And we become a new lump. Unleavened bread. There's no yeast in us. There's, a, there's the bread of life. And, and when we celebrate communion together, we're celebrating Passover. We're, we're eating the new, they're drinking the wine that's the celebration of the, of the cup of the covenant together. And we eat the Passover bread that is the bread of life that, is, that was Jesus. The unleavened bread. It had no yeast. It had no sin in it. He doesn't want us to sit around and wait for the old to come back and get us all puffed up. He wants us to be unleavened bread. A brand new life. A brand new lump. It's not a bad thing. It's new life in Jesus. Okay, one last one. Have you enjoyed this? We have become a new creation. A new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 For if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. James 1.8 says, In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we may be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. Boy, doesn't that tie it all together? The word of truth, first fruits. The first fruits were the very first, the very first um, uh, growths, the very first seed-bearing fruits of the harvest. And those very first fruits were the ones that were to, to be harvested and offered back to God as the tithe. The tithe was always the first fruits. You're supposed to give your first 10% back to God. The first 10% of everything that comes in is what belongs to God. It's the tithe. It's called the first fruits. Jesus was called the first fruits because he was the first one to have resurrection life. And now, because he's put his life within us, we become a whole new creation. We become a new first fruits of God. And our lives are now to be presented back to him. He put life within us, and now we are born of a new seed, the seed of the word of God. We are to be the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that first fruit is like a tithe unto God. It's re returned to him in worship. We belong to him. You're a new creation, a new kind of creation, a new kind of creature, a new first fruits. Look what says Romans 6, 20, uh, Romans 6, 4. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And Galatians 6, 15 says this. Neither is circumcision anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. God's people always separated themselves from the rest of humanity based on whether the, the men were circumcised or not circumcised. There was a covenant in the flesh called circumcision. And that's what identified God's people as Israel, as the nation. They, they, they were in the flesh separate from all the other men of the earth. But the new covenant, the new life, it's not about the flesh. 
It's not about circumcision or non-circumcision. It's not about who your natural fathers were. You're a new creation. In Christ, we're all new. Folks, I'm here to tell you tonight. He's not here to patch you up. He's not here to just put something fresh and give you kind of a fresh start. He's here to make a whole new you. A kind of you that has never lived before. A kind of you that you have never experienced before. A you that is born of the Spirit of God, of the Word of God, of the resurrection life of Jesus. A whole new mindset, like a brand new baby, like a brand new start, a rebirth, a restart, a new life. And we need to open our hearts to receive it and humble ourselves like children and not think that we've got it all together. But Lord, I don't know a thing, but I'm ready for you to teach me. I'm ready for you to lead me. I'm ready for you to provide for me like an infant who doesn't know how to take care of itself at all. Lord, you be my source. You be my supply. You be my teacher. You be, my, you be the lead of my life. And I give my life back to you as a new creation, a first fruits, a tithe, a whole new lump, a whole new creation. Born again. Born anew. Born from the Spirit that I might start to see the kingdom of God that I might see the kingdom of heaven, that I might enter into your rulership and your reign and your life, your new life in me. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you that this new life is not just a restart of the old. We thank you that we're not just to try new things, but that because of what you did for us, Jesus, you put to death the old, you put to death the old life, the old man, and you came to life again, resurrection life, a whole new kind of life, a life of the Spirit, a life from heaven, a life of your word, a life that's eternal, a life that will not fade, a life that will not perish, a life that will not die, a life that is always new and always now. Lord, may each one of us tonight grab a hold of what you're saying to us, that we would not just have a New Year's resolution. That there'd be a whole new revelation of who you are in us. Who you've called us to be. Heirs of God. Children of God. Heirs of Christ. Receivers of a new heart, a new spirit. A whole new attitude. A whole new mindset. A whole new identity. A whole new future. A whole new, new, new everything. Lord, I pray for each one of these that are here tonight, may they hear your word calling them. May they receive the spirit of the seed that's planted within them. May love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control bring forth, spring up within them. May they live in the new life as a new creation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.